pay that man his money. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's show is Minty Betts. Minty, super excited to be jamming with you. I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you for having me, Rob. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, so my name is Minty, known as Minty Betts on Twitter. Uh, I like to consider myself a sports betting social media personality, um, but I am the host of Wager Talk videos and I sports bet and post my videos on Twitter. So that's what I'm known for. And the way that you and I initially connected is actually that via Twitter, because I also am in the sports betting industry. I like to follow others out there. I'm someone who is very community driven. I am very, there's plenty of pie for everyone out there. So if I see people that may be at different companies or doing other things, that's irrelevant to me because I'm a good vibes person and I want to have more people in my network and I want to jam with more people. And I don't think of if it is competition, what about you? I feel the exact same way. I think the gambling Twitter community is just that a community where we should help each other out and learn from each other. Cause that's why I originally started my Twitter was to learn from other handicappers on how they analyze games and, and how they viewed, uh, you know, sports betting. So let's go to the beginning of your journey, because I think one challenge that a lot of people that would like to work in the sports betting industry face is the transition from I'm posting and publishing my picks to I haven't done that yet. And the credibility that may or may not be attached to it, knowing that traditionally it's an older male dominated industry that still has one 900 tout written all over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, I guess, kind of weird for me to transition from like a, a real job to this. Um, honestly, like I said, I started posting my picks on Twitter and following other handicappers. And then I learned more. And, uh, the whole point of me starting the Twitter was to get improve on, on baseball betting. And cause I hated watching baseball. Um, but now I love it and I'm great at baseball betting. So, uh, that's great. Uh, so my goal was met, but, um, it's great because I met so many people along the way and it's really about who, you know, and, and listening to them and having, uh, accepting their help on how you can improve on, on, uh, I guess, expanding your social media and your credibility. So when talking about that, can you get a little bit more specific? Because are you saying how to be sharper as a capper? Are you saying how to engage more? How to, hey, you should be posting video because uh, among the things that we do at Bacon Sports, we work with brands to help them create content to engage sports fans. In one of the areas where so many brands are lacking, whether it's a real brand or a personal brand, is the ability to use video. Right. So a little bit of all of it, I guess um, my forte is just the social media side is that social media is king and, and, you know, content is king. And as we know, you can meet a lot of people and uh, do a lot of things from just social media. Um, and it's all about how you present yourself. So the people that I've met along the way, um, you know, from Beeson and Wager Talk, they've helped me not only become, yeah, like you said, a sharper, better, um, but also great at at uh, putting out content and how to put it out and how to, I guess, like present myself uh, to the public. Did you have a hurdle of 
having to overcome fear or anything from a being on camera standpoint? Because I know one of the biggest challenges is if you've never been on camera before, why would anybody care about what I do? I'm not comfortable in front of the camera. It's not easy to fail in front of other people. So like, take me through your on-camera journey. Yes, Rob. It was so scary. Like my very first, so let me give you a little timeline. I started my Twitter in June. Okay. By the end of July, that same year, I was on VEASAN live. All right. And it was so scary. And, and for those of you that don't know what VEASAN is, it's the Vegas Stats and Information Network. So very old school, like guys talking about sports, very reputable, respectable sports bettors and handicappers. And I was on that show and it was live from the long bar at the D, which is a casino here in Las Vegas. I was so scared and I was so sweaty and I had never been on camera before except my phone camera. And, uh, you know, they were asking me questions and there was one point where I froze up and just stared at the, the light in the camera. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. And I was giving out like a baseball pick. So Yes, it was so scary. But luckily after that had aired, I got so much support and so many people saying like, I remember my first time on camera, don't worry, it was awesome. So yeah, it is a really weird transition because I didn't go to school for broadcasting or, or communication. So this was all new to me. I also did not go to school for broadcasting or communications. I did teach myself everything. For me, ah. my path was I took improv and comedy writing at Second City in Chicago as a way to get comfortable being uncomfortable. One, it's fun. I actually really went there to learn the skill set of a comedian so I could apply it to the marketing world. Little did I know my path would take me to where I am now doing a large variety of things. So let's talk about getting support in the sports gambling community because I experienced something this year um, when I took over as the host of the Sharp 600 podcast for covers at the beginning of the football season. Mm -hmm. And I was taking over from a guy named Joe Fortenbaugh, Fortenbaugh, who did it for two years, who is now on ESPN. So right. all of a sudden, here comes this guy who has been their man for two years. And here comes this guy, Rob Christie, that no one knew before. And right out of the gate, I was getting a crap ton of negative feedback. We're always saying ratings and reviews, and people were like, I hate this guy's voice. I'm unsubscribing. Why are you doing this to me? Bring oh. back Joe. And... It's a unique experience because you're like, I'm only putting good vibes out. Like I'm being paid yeah. to do and I know what I'm good at. And obviously there's a vocal minority and a silent majority, but nonetheless, it is not easy when you hear people trolls, nonetheless, who pretty much tell you, you suck. So what is that like for you? Uh, so I don't read any of the comments on like the videos that I do. Uh, when it comes to like the YouTube comments for the company that I work for, which is Wager Talk, but um, because I know that some of them will be super mean and I'll get my feelings hurt. But like on Twitter, of course, people will comment like, ah, she sucks. She's not, you know, she's going to be wrong. And if the pick is wrong, then I lose. And then people hate me even more. But I try to mute those. Um, you know, people always say, don't let people that bring negative energy, like don't let it affect you. And, you know, it's kind of hard, especially when you get so many. And you're just trying to be nice and you're putting out free content, but, and people are still complaining. So that sucks, but I just try to mute them or I try to troll them back and joke at them a little bit. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been very severe. So I, I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I just try to ignore it and don't let it affect me because there are nobodies. 
Exactly. So now let's talk about the fun side of this, the good side, the positive community, because there became a time in which the negative reviews shifted from negative to positive to, wow, Rob is just like us. He gets down, he cares. And that was very much my philosophy. I knew going into this uh, that wins and losses for me was not a sustainable thing. I'm a very pragmatic sports better. I'm a contrarian sports better by nature. I'm very informed in how I do things. And I'm very disciplined, I believe, in bankrolling. I do things by a book. I follow a process and everything. So what I wanted to do was help make them a better better. Saying, you know what, by listening to this, you can make your decisions. Here's the way that I'm thinking about this. But don't rely on my picks as the sole value for why you listen to me. And that ended up being an absolute blessing because the positive reviews came in because I'm like, listen, guys, I'm just like you. I'm going to the bars on the weekend to watch the game. I'm playing fantasy football. I've got action on all of the different games. It just so happens I have a platform where I'm going to share conversations between mm -hmm. me and some other people who can help you on your journey. And it feels good when the community loves you back. Yes, that's amazing. That's amazing, Rob. Um, but yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I, uh, gosh, when I got started, I had like a hundred followers and I thought that was the most and, and then 200 followers. And then I posted a video and then I jumped to like a thousand followers, but the support in the community has been so great. I've made like lifelong friends and, and the people that I work with are just really like family to me and, and they help me when I'm feeling stupid or having like a bad week. So yeah, it's, it's really great and very important to have support and people kind of mentor you and teach you bankroll management and and how to become a sharper better and and should you live bet this game like i know like when we watch a game we're really hot and we really want to live bet this because the value is so great but sometimes it's just not there and and it helps when you have other people to to support you or to tell you to stop <laughs> yeah very much so so i want to go back to the absolute beginning because i think some people are going to say Wow, it seemed like it was so easy for Minty to do this, to go from zero to being on VEASAN one month later. So did you have to work up to this or was it literally just like a flip of the switch? It was like a flip of the switch. Uh, I got really lucky and I'm not going to deny that maybe it's because I'm a woman that got to where I am today. And I get messages all the time of, of men asking me, you know, I want to do what you, you do, or I want to be an analyst for ESPN or NBC sport or whatever. And, and how do I get to where you are? And like, it sucks because I don't really have the answers to it. I just say, Hey, I don't know. I know a lot of people that are where they are today and they started as a ticket writer or a runner or something. And I just, I don't know if I feel right giving that advice, but you got to start somewhere. And it's really like, especially in the city of Las Vegas, it's about who, you know, not what you know. So I, got, I received a piece of advice, which was an absolute game changer for my life and my career. And I don't remember who told me this. And they said, Rob, if you ever hope to get paid to do what you love, you better be doing it already. And from that moment, I immediately went from just being a writer to learning to podcast, learning to be on video, getting good at social media, throwing them in all of these different things because no one's ever going to hire you to talk about sports betting if you're not throwing out picks, you're not being on video. And quite frankly, I think that you need the high-touch things. You can't just throw out picks because that's, the, in theory, the lazy way to try and make a name for yourself because everybody does it. But if I can see your face 
and I can hear you and I can feel your brand, you're putting yourself out there and it's something that most people don't do. Yes, it's more credibility when people see your face. I mean, yeah, it kind of matters what you look like and just know how you present yourself. Like, I see people giving video pics all the time and I always try to make sure the lighting is good and the background is okay, whether it's just like a, a brick wall or like trees behind you. But some people are in their like bedroom and it's really messy and, and you know, it, the way that you, the background looks kind of reflects how you look as well. So it's really, really important, like you said, to put videos out there. You can't just like throw pics and be like, okay, I'm on the Atlanta Hawks today, plus 110, whatever. Um, you have to, I don't know, you have to, to kind of give like a short uh, explanation of why you're giving out the pics and maybe a little bit of advice as well. And, and engagement with people is, is super, super important. I, I agree. It's sort of, I've built an entire company around fan engagement because I understand how to engage fans. So mm -hmm. let's create uh, different ways that brands can do it. So one tip that I've been very present about, and I might be a little bit unique in this situation, that when I came into the sports betting industry, uh, I had both a blessing and a curse. The blessing was that I do a lot of other stuff. Most people in the sports betting industry, they're cappers. They work just on sports betting. I run a sports creative agency. I'm an entrepreneur. I host a sports marketing podcast. I host a sports tech podcast. Uh, Papa Shot is my client. I'm doing social media marketing for them. I do speaking gigs about personal development. So me jumping into this industry, I'm going against the people on VEASAN who are like, I am sitting there next to Brent Musburger all day giving picks. And at first I was, I was just thinking about this. And I was like, huh, the challenge, and this is actually why I became more community driven because it would have been harder for me to spend all day breaking down central Michigan in college football. But instead I can say, let me open this up for the community. But then I realized this became a good thing for my brand because like I said at the beginning, so much of the industry is one 900 tout. Here's my 5,000 whale play of the year. Boom, boom, boom. And they don't know anything else about your brand. And it's actually the totality of you and your brand. Like you even started, and this is the first time you and I have ever spoken in yes. person or doing this podcast. And you're like, Hey, how was the black keys concert last night? And it is simple things like this, that if your feed was only, I'm taking the Hawks money line, as opposed to, I live in Vegas, going to the Black Keys, doing blah, 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 blah. It just adds so much color and richness to who you are. Right. Like people, as much as they don't know it, they kind of want to see your personality, not just the sports betting side, not just the numbers and the stats and the analytics, but they want to see like, how's your dog doing from your surgery? I remember I posted a picture of my dog because I was like, I'm so nervous for my dog to do knee surgery, which vets do like five times a day anyway. But everyone was like, here's a picture of my dog. Here's a video of my dog after knee surgery. He was great. And then a couple months later, you know, I'm, I'm getting phone calls from like whatever people and they're, you know, from Twitter and stuff. And they're like, oh, how's your dog? <laughs> like, I'm like, you remember that? Uh, it, it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, this is a community and it's not just all numbers all the time. And it, we can throw in personal things like that, like you going to the Black Keys concert because, you know, we genuinely care. <laughs> exactly. So you touched on being a woman in the sports betting industry. And right now, what I love so much about the sports betting industry is the explosive growth that is on the horizon with the legalization and impending legalization across the United States over the next several years. Uh, you can see clear as day where all of this is going to be going. It's just going to take a little bit of time. 
And I also mentioned this is a heavy, heavy dominated male industry where it's like, here's the guy giving his picks. And it's traditionally, I would say, a 40-plus-year-old white male industry and maybe even skewing older than that because yes. it's the people who have been in it for so long there. And now we're starting to see uh, someone like you, uh, someone like Kelly in Vegas, where you're starting to see these more female personalities out there. And it's nothing new for the, let's call it, sports content world in mm -hmm. general, sports personalities. But sports betting is a completely different thing because of the knowledge that you have to have. There's very much a pass-fail line. You couldn't just be pretty and show up and do a video because we'll call you out immediately if you don't know what you're talking about, not in a derogatory way, but in a you and I talking sports betting way. So I'm curious on your thoughts on women in the sports betting industry. Uh, I think it's great. And I think you're totally right when you touched on the point of uh, it's not new that there's attractive women in the sports content world as terms of hosting and, and stuff like that. But in the sports betting world, you're right. It's like a different animal. Like people will call you out if you don't know what you're talking about. And um, I have never claimed to be like a professional sports better. And, and the whole thing of like the sports betting industry being like male dominated, totally right. I get messages all the time of like, sweetie, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been doing this for 40 years. Well, that's nice, but that doesn't mean you're smarter than me. So sorry. I, I don't know what you want from me. You know, I put myself out there. I put my face out there. Like this shows that I want to learn and I want to teach what I learn. And, uh, it, it is difficult sometimes because sometimes I don't feel welcome in the sports betting traditional community. But like you said, this industry is expanding and it's growing so quickly. And it's, I don't know, from the, the different sports betting shows that I've seen on TV and online, it's very like progressive now. Like I, I do see a lot of women in it and I think there's just going to be more women in it and it's going to be very, very competitive. Very much so. So I think the, the challenge and or the opportunity becomes as a female, how do you increase your knowledge base to the point where when you get the opportunity, remember, you, you ever hope to get paid to be doing something, you better be doing it already. If you get this awesome opportunity to be on VEASAN, but they're like, well, tell me what you know about sports betting. And you're like, nothing. You've got to be prepared for that. So yeah. there's going to be a large majority of females out there that right now with no gigs are going to have to learn sports betting. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, geez, I, I don't know. It's, it's a... Uh... How do I say? I, like I said, got very lucky that I am where I am now. And I keep learning. Every single day, I learn something new. Every single time I bet on a game, I'm like, crap, maybe I should have looked at this. And, and you know, after the game, uh, after I see the game result, I'm like, yeah, I should have done that instead. Um, but I'm learning every day. Don't be scared to ask questions is my advice. Like, do not be, do not feel like an idiot if you have to ask, like, what does this mean? Because when I first placed my first bet. It was like a parlay when I turned 21. It was like the Packers and Saints. And I remember I went up to the ticket and I was like, Packers and Saints uh, parlay, please. And they were like, oh, point spread or money line. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, what does that mean? Um, so I really truly learned from, from nothing to, to where I am now. And I'm still learning. And uh, I, I'm not scared to ask questions to my colleagues and my friends of like, hey, what does this mean? Not that it happens that often, but um, yeah, I, I just say ask questions and always communicate with people. And if you don't know anything, just, just say that you don't know it. 
I love what you're saying here because it's kind of funny, my sports betting journey. No joke, aside from the fact that I just like manifested this by doing this stuff all of the time. You know how I got knowledgeable about sports betting? I oh, listened to sports betting podcasts for seven straight years. Really? So no joke, just like you said, you're going to learn from others. Well, for me, I have a growth mindset. So I learned from books and podcasts on nice. top of talking with people in person, but it's primarily going to be podcasts. So I think back to the days of, I really started by listening to Chad Millman's Behind the Bets on ESPN and then uh -huh. Stanford and the Bear came on and they just, they gave the mindset for how to think sharper. And that was yeah. the biggest game changer for me because I knew going into this, it's traditionally a losing proposition because look at the size of the casinos in Vegas. But yes. you say, all right, how can I not be like the public? And just after year, after year, after year of the, the thought process in the small little things, like you initially learn key numbers and home right. field, and then it's evolved into this, this mindset where if a team wins via blowout or a team loses via blowout, I'm on the opposite side because we're so used to, I mean, I think a great, a great example of this is going to be, and this podcast is going to post after the fact, but 49ers Packers. So mm -hmm. coming up for the NFC championship game, the 49ers blew out the Packers earlier this year and the 49ers just had arguably their best game of the year. All signals would say, You'd be crazy person not to bet on the 49ers, but mm -hmm. via learning over the course of seven years, I've been trained to say, well, wait a second, the Packers, there's a regression to the mean that happens and we're not used to thinking that way. And I completely learned that just from listening to other podcasts. Yes. It's amazing. The resources that, that there are now on sports betting, not just sports content, um, but you're totally right. Different podcasts and different websites uh, provide different views of, of uh, different uh, analytics and everything. And I never looked before on sports betting when on sports betting um, football of like, oh, turf versus real grass. You're right. Outdoor, indoors, uh, strength of schedule. Like I never looked at that stuff, but those are so important to look at. And you wouldn't know to look at those things if you didn't uh, communicate with others or listen to what others had to say about sports gambling. And I really learned when all of a sudden someone started to pay me for this and put me on camera, guess who is one prepared ass dude when I get on camera. So all of a sudden I became a better, better because mm -hmm. I have to be able to bring someone like you on and intelligently have a conversation about the 49ers Packers game. And I'm like, let's look at point differential. Let's look at third down percentage and really getting a little bit deeper than, oh, I like Aaron Rodgers, even though on a fundamental basis, you could say one of the two quarterbacks has won a Super Bowl and one of them is getting more than a touchdown. Fundamentally, give me this Super Bowl winning guy getting seven plus points, but it's yeah. not always that easy. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's way more to it. And I learned that uh, the hard way <laughs> getting into this. So from an overall success mindset standpoint, are there any habits or routines that you have in a regular day that has attributed to the person that you've become? Um, gosh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, doing this has definitely made me a more attention to detail person. And I never was, I was pretty sloppy and, and missed a bunch of things when getting into, uh, 
you know, trying to pick my games, but now I, I just have so much attention to detail. I look at every angle, every trend, um, and try to factor that into my bets and my picks. And I could be wrong. I could be right. But, uh, yeah, this has definitely changed me, uh, in, in good ways though. What about on the discipline side of things? Because for me, this is, I preach this on the mountaintops with bankroll management and picking games because I even think about when I started sports betting with my friends back in college and one of my friends did a thing where they ended up chasing a game, but it ended up having to go like five ways down. So it was like lost. So they go, let's double up. And then it was oh. lost and they go double up to the point where like they were seriously on tilt because the amount of money these college kids had just to try and make back their money. It's a losing proposition. And it's very easy to get caught up into because we see one of the parts of sports gambling Twitter right now is the large bets coming in. We got a hundred K on the Titans. We got 400 K over here and everyone's like, Oh, look at my big chest. I'm doing all these big bets and everyone loves to puff when they're making big money there. But yep. for me, I'm almost unemotional about the betting because each game is just one unit for me because I'm very disciplined, but I don't think everybody else sees it that way. No, not at all. And uh, that's why I guess in the beginning I was just betting baseball because it was on every single day. And I try to do it to discipline myself in terms of bankroll management. Um, I would bet on every single game, one unit, half a unit and, and see where it goes. I would try out live betting and, and see like, maybe should I do this? It's uh, it was very difficult because of course you want to put in as much money as you can on a game, especially if you're so sure on it. Um, but it takes a lot to, to be disciplined when it comes to your bankroll. And, uh, now I think I've got the gist of it, except when it's like a super exciting game the degenerate in me does come out a little, but I won't post it, but I do, uh, I have to comment on like, you're right. People do puff their chest when they're like, when they put in like a hundred K on the Titans or whatever. And, uh, I'm totally not about that. I don't like when people know what I win or what I lose. I'm transparent when I win and when I lose, but I would never, especially maybe just being as like a young woman living in a, this city, I would never show off the money that I make. Um, it's just not safe for me. But um, yeah, I think it's silly when people do that. Uh, but anyway, in terms of money management, yeah, it, it takes some discipline and you have to have it. If you lose, you lose. Like I am so against chasing losses. I, I agree and it's interesting. No one has ever asked me what my unit of bet is. The only people who know this are my friends in Chicago when we're going to the games and I'm transparent with the action. They all know how I get down. And I think it's a beautiful thing because I don't care how much you're putting on the game. It's irrelevant to me because at the end of the day, I'm an action junkie. I do it for entertainment. Of yeah. course I want to win. But for example, I don't have Chiefs versus Titans. I don't care about either of those teams. So mm -hmm. this is my way of having a vested interest and having a lot more fun. And if you have a larger unit than me, congratulations. Yeah. Ask me that all the time. And I think it is so rude and so personal. It's like asking how much money do you make a year? Or like, how much money do you put on a game? I'm like, that's not an appropriate question to ask me. And that's super irrelevant on, on me as a sports better and you too. So it's silly. And you, you said something that uh, put a little red flag in my mind. You're like, oh, I've got a sure bet. For me, there is no such thing as a sure bet. <laughs> because yeah. if, it, if gambling was easy, we'd be doing it and making so much money. And I yeah. think about 
the third week of me doing the podcast, someone wrote in and said, Rob, can you give me a college football winner? Yeah. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's figure this out. And it actually ended up being a good thing for me because I was like, all right, he wants a college football winner, which is hard irregardless. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put together a giant money line parlay. And so imagine Alabama minus 2,000, Clemson oh. minus 3,000, Georgia LSU, and all of a sudden it won. And then I'm like, huh, maybe we <laughs> should try this again next week. And then it won again. And wow. it's been a running segment of our show called the Big Mick Bet of the Week because uh, at first the payout on the very first one was like a $10 bet wins $6.38. And the guy responded, oh, just enough for me to buy a Big Mac. And oh <laughs> from that, I was like, oh, Big Mac. Then I thought about the movie Coming to oh. America where they have the Big Mick. And I was like, boom, welcome to our Big Mick Bet of the Week. Oh my goodness. Amazing. I love how that story like kind of unfolds. I love that. Yeah. But there are, you're right. There are no such, there's no such, such thing as a sure bet. Like I would never use the term like lock of the day, or this is my, like, I don't know, my thousand unit a bet or anything. And I get messages all the time. Like Minty, what's the lock of the day? Like I need to make back money from like my losses yesterday. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I have no clue. If I knew I wouldn't, I sure wouldn't be living in Las Vegas. That's for sure. <laughs> I really need a win. It's like, thank you for putting all of that pressure on me to deliver for you. And that's the thing though. And we'll get out on this is it's, it's a weird feeling knowing that people listen to the content that we create and mm -hmm. then they actually put bets and money on what we're saying to them, which is a very, very delicate balance right here because yes. I don't say every episode, don't bet my picks, but it's like, listen, I'm going to lead you through. This is what I'm doing. If you play it, it's on you, but it's a really weird thing for people to watch you do your job and then they put money on it. Yes. Rob, I have to ask, how did you feel the very first time someone like commented like, oh, I'm tailing you or has that, has that happened? I'm sure that has, but what were your feelings when you found out that someone was actually tailing your bet, like a, a total stranger? It was after the fact, and it was a positive one. So it's okay. actually the Big Mick bet of the week. One guy hit me up for the first time and said, Rob, love the show. I've been playing Big Mick along with you the entire way. Aww. I felt good because at that point, we were 10-4 and four in the season on the bet. So I knew that he had made money there. But I think the challenge becomes when you have the inevitable one in six week, and mm. it – it is just going to happen. I've had probably at least two of them this year where I was actually a little bit shook to be like placing more bets because I was like, oh my God, I've just lost seven bets, even yeah. though the week before we're doing very good. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, like, look, you as a better, you want to win long term. Like, yeah, it's great to win daily and weekly, but if you're a 60% winner in a 10 week span, you're going to lose for four weeks. So you think of it like that and it's not so bad, but a lot of people that listen to our content are new betters and, and want to become sports betters and they don't understand that, hey, if you go like six and two out of the day, that's really good. But, but normal people will look at it as, oh, you lost two, so you didn't go a perfect eight and oh. And it's like six and two, you can make money off of that. So, and you can live off of that. So that's really good to us. But um, I've seen comments on maybe like some of Kelly and Vegas's posts and, and 
you know, she'll go like six and two and people will be like, oh, whatever, you lost two, you're not perfect, you suck and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're crazy. But it's funny to see how the public thinks versus how we think. And we're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Good job. So what about you on the tailing bets? What was that experience like for you when someone, when people started to say, I'm tailing you? I almost cried. I was like, oh my gosh, like it was baseball. And again, like this was a season where I was just learning to bet baseball because I didn't like it. And I didn't know what first fives were and I didn't, you know, all this stuff. Um, but it turned out to be really good. And some guy commented, and I will never forget, he commented, uh, this is the first pick I'm ever tailing off of Twitter and you cash it in for me. Thank you so much. And I will never forget. And I think his name is Danny. And I think we're still following each other. Um, so it was really cool. But then after I realized that people were going to do it daily, I was so nervous. But now I'm just like, hey, I don't force you to follow me. And you can definitely fade me. And if you do, then that's great. Maybe you've made money this week. Um, so now I just don't really care. <laughs> but of course, I care about the picks that I put out. But I don't care if people are following me or not. Um, but it does mean a lot when people do listen to and read the content that I, that I put out. So for those of you listening right now, if you are part of the sports betting community, I want you to show some love to the hosts and the creators that you interact with. If you're tailing their picks, if you're listening to their podcast, because I can tell you, I know that your support means the world to me. And Minty, I have to imagine the support means the world to you as well. Absolutely. I would not be here and I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for people that took the time out of their day to listen to what we put out, like in their car ride on the way to work or, or at home when they're cooking dinner. Like, thank you very much to all, everybody that listens and that watches um, the content that us sports bettors put out. Minty, I enjoyed this conversation and I really enjoy following you on Twitter. Where can everybody connect with you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Minty bets and that's where i post my picks all completely free and then i post the ones that i actually play and i do actually play these picks that i put out which is a question i get a lot <laughs> and like you i post every one of my picks and like you i play every one of my picks you can right. hit me up on all social media platforms at rob cressy maybe that was money as always Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.